it was really stressful. The first night I just cried. I just cried and cried and I laid in my van. I'm choking up just thinking about it and thought, okay, your dog is missing. She could be really injured. She could be out there. You know, I'm in the Jackson Hole wilderness and where we were parked was just wilderness in every direction. Before we get into bike talk. Okay, no, no, no. Let's try to connect with people on a completely different level when you're traveling by bike. I like biking. It's just really it's completely changed how I perceive myself. Women, cycling, inspiration. You're listening to Rome Rides, wherever adventure takes us. Hey everyone, what's going on? Ash Bocast here, back in the saddle for a long-awaited new episode. And I have to say, yes, it has been for freaking ever. And to explain our absence from the air, we wanted to officially announce that if you haven't heard, we had a baby. Not a real baby, but we did start a new company this year and it has been keeping us wicked busy planning events and races and retreats all over the country. If you would like to check out what we are up to, go ahead and head over to the Rome Events website at www.thisisrome.com. All sorts of goodies and info for you there. We also just want to take a quick minute to thank our newest sponsor, Kuat Racks. The folks over at Kuat hooked us up with not one, but two racks and their super convenient extension for their Envy Base rack. I was able to put all of these racks together in like under an hour by myself, get them mounted onto the truck. Yes, we have two racks on one vehicle. It's pretty sweet. If you want to go ahead, check out what those Kuat racks look like. Head over to our Instagram at Rome Rides, and then you can find us on Facebook as well. See what those gorgeous racks look like on our truck. And we just want to say thanks again, Kuat, for hooking it up and for helping support this podcast. All right, all right. It is that moment that you have been waiting for, that time where we get to share inspiring stories from lady shredders everywhere. And our chat this episode with Live Ladies All Ride director of inspiration, Lindsay Richter, does not disappoint. But before we get started, I do want to warn you, there is some graphic and potentially upsetting descriptions of a dog with injuries. So if that's not really your cup of tea, this might be an episode for you to skip. This episode is about Lindsay's dog, Gracie, but there really is something to say for the parallels between Lindsay's career as a mountain bike coach and the unexpected odyssey Lindsay and Gracie encountered last July. Okay, is the sound okay with Dude, you're on you so- speaker you, right now? You sound great. You sound wonderful. Okay. Yeah, no, we're all good. Um, yeah, so if you want to just jump into it, we can just jump in. Um, my name is Lindsay Richter. I'm recently divorced, so my name used to be Lindsay Voris, but I'm Lindsay Richter now. Um, and basically my goal in life is to inspire women through mountain biking because I find it to be a sport that helps us face fears believe in ourselves, and accomplish more than we thought we were capable of. If Lindsay's name or voice sounds familiar, it's probably because, like me, you were obsessed with the show Survivor in the early 2000s. Lindsay had never actually seen the show when friends encouraged her to apply to be a contestant. 
She actually rented the first season and watched it with her parents just hours before getting on a plane to Africa. Since then, Lindsay has reinvented herself as one of the most respected and inspiring mountain bike coaches in the world. And along with her business partner, Meredith Brandt, and a team of equally talented coaches, Lindsay has found success in a more holistic approach to biking. And as a side note, if you haven't seen Lindsay's Big Balls video, go ahead and get yourself on YouTube after this episode and check it out. And you know, a big component of mountain biking is the mental aspect of it. And as women, we just innately by nature tend to be hard on ourselves. Women have a lot of expectations within themselves and we tend to beat ourselves up. And it's mountain biking. It's, it's a really intense sport. When you're looking down a steep rock garden, you don't want to be thinking about what could happen if you hit your face on the ground, you know? You can only think thoughts that serve you, positive thoughts that keep you moving forward. And that's one of my biggest messages for women is that a sport like mountain biking can really help you get out of your head and into the ride. And that's true with life. Get out of your head and get into the moment. And in mountain biking, if you leave the moment, you can get hurt. When I went through my divorce, let's say, you know, that was a huge experience for me learning how to not be so stuck in my head, full of fear of what's next. And mountain biking is what I tap into to remind myself, you can't do this on a bike. So why are you doing this in life? It's the same concept. It will hurt you either way. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I want to take it back a little bit. Last year, you had a new clinic in Wyoming, Grand Targhee, which is like almost Idaho. A little bit Wyoming, almost Idaho. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what they call it, Wydaho. Wydaho. (laughs) Yeah, and you had quite an experience out there that I actually heard about on (laughs) on Facebook. Something went viral. Um, Let's go ahead and start out. Um, I think it it would make a lot more sense in you telling us the story to tell us about Gracie and who that is. <laughs> Gracie is my little gray pit bull. She's known as a blue nose pit bull. And I saw Gracie online when I was looking for a dog after one of my dogs passed away. And I saw this little blue pit bull wagging her tail with these sweet eyes. And I've never really cared about breeds but I was like man that dog looks really sweet well I sent them an email and they said oh she's already been adopted out and I wrote them this long email back and said I travel around the country in an RV with my dogs and they swim in every river and lake and they meet dogs all over the world and this would be a great life for her so I think you should reconsider and two days later they said well she ate apart the house of the person who adopted her and she's giving her back so If you want her, we'll hold her for you and you can come get her. And she was 14 hours away in L.A. So I, they held her for me for three weeks. And on Thanksgiving Day 2010, I drove 14 hours and I picked up my little rescue pit bull in Los Angeles, California. Wow. And so, Gracie, I think if anybody's been to any of your clinics, like I think everybody knows who Gracie is, but kind of tell us her role in your life, how she, she does have a pretty special gig going on like she got a pretty sweet life for a rescue dog yeah if you ever meet my little pit bull she is the best representative of the breed you could ever imagine she loves every dog she loves babies babies could step on her kick her pull her ears and she would lick them and walk away she's a really sweet dog she has a very unique special energy 
She's also blown her two ACLs out. So she's got metal plates in both her back legs. She had meniscus removed. She had her intestine cut open when she got a squeaker toy stuck inside of it. So she's currently the $12,000 rescue, but who's counting? (laughs) So I really got close with this dog, having to nurse her back to health over a couple of years. And we would take her on the road in the van, but she had to be kenneled and really babied. And she just became like, you know, she's my dog child. She's like my kid. She comes everywhere with me. And I'm really proud to have such a well-behaved, sweet pit bull to represent the breed out there in the public. So, okay, so you are on the road with Gracie. You've got this super sweet uh, van that you travel all around the country into your clinics. Um, You're in Wyoming. I believe it was the 4th of July. Go ahead. Just take us back to that day and the kind of crazy journey you went on with Gracie after that. Going out on the road last year, being newly single and traveling with a pit bull, not only is it comforting because people are going to be intimidated and it feels like I have protection, but she was all I had, you know, it's like I was married for over 13 years and now it's just me and my dog. So there's a real special bond when it's suddenly just you and your dog. So we took off to go to a clinic in uh, Grand Targhee, Wyoming, and we stopped in Jackson Hole to visit some friends for the 4th of July. And we went on a bike ride and we took Grace on a walk. And then it was like eight o'clock at night and there were fireworks that were going to go off at the resort. So we decided to just go for a quick bite to eat, watch the fireworks and come back. I knew she would be scared of the fireworks. So I had gotten some sedatives from the vet. I gave her the sedatives. I put her in the van and it's a large, long sprinter van. It's like a traveling home. It's not like a small car. It's and a, it's a baller. It's a baller van. <laughs> Yeah, it's pimp. (laughs) It's our traveling home. So we were gone maybe an hour and a half, not even an hour and a half. Got back to the van, opened the door. I didn't see my dog. And now remember, it's a really big van. So I kind of looked under the bed. I looked up on the bed. I didn't really see anything. And then I popped my head around to the front seat. And that's when I saw the destruction. (laughs) She had tried to get out. There was no sign of her. But the window, the door was closed. The front door was closed. But she had chewed the plastic cover off the door, ripped the rubber siding off the window, and had chipped at the metal. So I saw that and immediately panicked and turned around to look into the back of the van because she obviously didn't get out that way. And I climbed up onto the bed and that's when I saw two little slider windows that were both closed. She had chewed around both of them. One didn't open. So then she moved on to the next one, chewed all the wood siding off. There were staples everywhere, shards of wood, metal. And I guess she body slammed herself against the window enough times that it shimmied open and she was able to slide it open and she got out. Okay, really quick. The visual, I'm like trying to visualize this. So Gracie is not a small dog and that window is not a big window. No. So she basically like ferreted her way and it's like high up. Like basically she's the most athletic dog ever (laughs) and determined apparently. (laughs) With plates in her legs. Yeah, no, she like shimmied down the side of the van. The van had scratches all the way down the side of it. So she like planted her feet against the side of the van and then slid down. 
but I don't know how she got her body through that. Her head, a pit bull head alone is almost bigger than that window. So it was pretty impressive, but there was definitely a good trail of blood and a lot of scraps. And I just, I just sat there. I just didn't know what to do. I was in total shock because the first thing you think of is there's blood on my van. So my dog is injured, but not only is she out there injured, I have a pit bull missing in a strange place with a bloody face. Who's going to stop for that? So that was really the kicker is that she's a purebred pit bull. And even though she's the sweetest dog you'll ever meet and wouldn't hurt a fly, if you see a pit bull coming out of the woods with blood all over it, what are you going to do? Right, right. So, okay. So it's the night of 4th of July. Night has fallen. It's dark. You're probably losing your shit for lack of a better <laughs> way to describe the state you were probably in. Um, kind of what what happened after that? <laughs> Well, I will take you on a very shortened version of my journey (laughs) to find my dog. Um, It was really stressful. The first night, I just cried. I just cried and cried, and I laid in my van. I'm choking up just thinking about it and thought, okay, your dog is missing. She could be really injured. She could be out there. You know, I'm in the Jackson Hole wilderness, and where we were parked was just wilderness in every direction elk refuge to the left and a basically a valley that just went into nothingness in the other direction and then a ski resort where the fireworks went off that was pretty steep and I never thought she would go in that direction because that's where the fireworks were so I called her for a couple hours until about midnight I had some people with me we all rode around the neighborhood and looked for her but again it was pitch black fireworks were still going off so I just laid in my van all night with my eyes wide open and cried and just begged the universe to bring her back safely. And I woke up the next day, July 5th, and just sat there. I just sat by my van. I I told a few people and everyone's advice was just stay put, stay put. They always come back. And I just, I was kind of in shock. I just couldn't move. And I I couldn't think any positive thoughts. I just was really depressed. Like, what's this going to look like? I'm going to have to leave here eventually. And I could leave without knowing if my dog's dead or alive. So I had a friend with me and she kind of encouraged me to go make some flyers and let's just take steps to get the word out. And I was a little embarrassed because I lost my dog and I put her in a van and she's a pit bull and I just had all these emotions going on. So I didn't know how public I wanted to be about it. But I also knew that Facebook is a really great resource for needing help. And so I sucked it up and I created a post and just said, please help. My sweet gray pit bull is missing in Jackson Hole and she probably has a bloody face and she probably looks scary, but she's not scary. Please don't run away from her. You know, here's the photo. And just started putting it all over, putting the flyer all over town. And by the end of the day, that Facebook post was shared like 5,000 times. Every day was an emotional roller coaster for Lindsay. The sun would come up, Lindsay would be full of hope, and by the waning sunset, a weary and exhausted Lindsay would grudgingly return to the van. I started getting messages from people because my first first thoughts were hopeless. I was hopeless. And by the end of 
July 5th, I was extra hopeless. I'm like, she, all I could think of was she's going to die out there. My dog's going to die out there. But then I started getting all these Facebook messages. Don't give up. Here's my story of my dog being lost for two days, three days, four days, a week, two weeks, like just stories started coming in from people. And they were all stories of hope. And they were all stories with advice. People were telling me what to do. And one of the best advice I got was pee in a spray bottle and spray your pee back to that van everywhere you go. And so you better believe it. That's what got me motivated to search for her because I didn't even know where to start searching. I would look into the wilderness and just be like, I don't know where to go. I don't know if I go left or right first and how far away can she hear me? I had a megaphone and all those messages made me go, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not just going to sit here and cry. I'm going to go find that dog. So we put flyers up all over town. Next thing I know, I'm getting all these messages. Hey, I've got a pit bull. We're out looking over here. Hey, I've got my dog. We're looking over here. Hey, I know you through so-and-so. We're looking over here. I mean, it was unbelievable. Every business I went in and every person I passed on the trail knew about the gray pit bull. It wasn't even the dog missing. It was the gray pit bull. So I could feel that this community was like, we're going to find this pit bull. We're going to help this girl because they got it. They got that. I'm scared. You're not going to stop for my dog. It was really incredible just to feel that energy. And people were saying, we're praying for her. We're talking to our dogs about her. It was insane. Really quick to deviate, like in the middle of all this, you're, you're still running your business. Yeah, oh yeah, that. Right? Like <laughs> this is, there's this whole other side of things yeah. happening. Well, that was where the panic started setting in because she went missing on a Monday. I searched all day Tuesday, you know, Tuesday night rolls around and the camp was an hour and a half away. So I have a business partner and obviously a whole team of people. So I was talking to my partner, Meredith, and she's like, you know, just don't stress about the clinic. We've got everything covered. You get there when, when you can just keep looking for her. And you know, Wednesday rolled around, Thursday rolled around. And by Thursday, she was just like, don't come. You don't need to worry about this. Find your dog. So I was really torn because this business is my love. I only have, you know, a certain amount of signature camps that we do each year. I want to be at all of them. Just felt this wave of guilt. Like, you know, everyone else in this world has a life. And most people, if they lose their dog, they still have to go to work the next day. They can't take work off. I was just trying to like keep myself into reality. Like, okay, I know you live this great free lifestyle, but you still have a job. So, you know, on Tuesday, I was feeling hopeless. Every night I would go to sleep just feeling hopeless. On Wednesday, I got some messages from people saying, call an animal whisperer, an animal communicator. There are people out there who can telepathically communicate with animals. And I was like, okay, you know what? I don't know where to start looking. I'll try anything. So I called someone. Wow. Yep. I called the Jackson Hole local. I got a number from a woman and she told me she was okay, that she was hiding. She said some things. Um, it kind of could have been blanket statements. I really didn't know what to believe. She told us to go look in the elk refuge. She told us where to look. So we followed her advice. Then I got a call from another friend who's a horse person here in Bend, Oregon, where I live. She suggested I call a woman here in Bend. I called her. She tapped into my dog. She said, oh, she's fine. She's not hurt, but she's really scared. Her face is messed up. She definitely has some blood on her, but she's not debilitated in any way. She's moving. Um, she said she could see through her eyes. 
and she was telling me things she was seeing through her eyes. So, you know, at this point, I'm pretty vulnerable. I'm pretty raw. I'm listening to whatever I can grasp and I'm believing it. I'm just choosing to believe it. And this story has a huge lesson in it. And one of those big lessons, I'm always a believer that when bad things happen to you or stressful situations hit, there's a lesson in there. And if you can just focus on what you're supposed to learn, it's not so traumatic. I tend to tell myself really bad things about myself. I have major insecurities that can be debilitating. And I'm learning just along with everyone else that those are just thoughts. And guess what? You can change them. So I called one of these animal communicators, the one who could see through her eyes, and she said, I need to tell you that the most important thing is not searching and yelling and calling for her frantically. It's how you feel and how you think and how you channel her through your heart that is going to matter the most right now. And I mean, I get choked up just thinking about it because, you know, (laughs) like I'm not one to sit still. I'm more of a, I'm just going to search until I die. I'm not the kind of person to sit and pray or meditate. You know, I just have crazy brain. I can't sit still. Well, I had to, you know, I had to go to bed every night and I had to get sleep because I was searching for my dog physically for 12 hours a day. So I started laying in bed and I started meditating. I started, the first thing they said was try to imagine that you have this gold ray of light coming off your heart to her heart. And it gives you something tangible to think about and focus on. So I would lay there and be like, get the gold light, crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like here it comes, you're getting the gold light. But you know what? It took away all the bad thoughts. Like here I am trying to, push this gold light out of my heart and almost explode (laughs) and burps and farts and all kinds of things trying to get it out. (laughs) But But it gave me something else to focus on. And so then I would lay in bed at night and just imagine this gold light and imagine my dog happy and coming to me and smiling and just picturing the positive. And it's so funny because the first couple of nights, all I did was think I was a piece of shit. I am selfish. I don't care about anything else. I left my dog in the van. I knew she would be scared. I was just a piece of shit in my brain. That's all I could think. I lost my dog and I'm going to have to live with it. And it's going to dim my spark and that's going to be it. And it was interesting when I was forced, when they told me she can hear your heart, so it better be pure. I had to do it. And it's so weird how this is what we do for a living. We try to teach women to not be so afraid of that cliff on the left side of them and that rock garden they're about to go through, but to change your thoughts to positive. And now I know how hard it is. Now I see from this experience, it takes so much effort to not listen to the bullshit. This became a lesson in changing my thoughts and changing my attitude and believing I was going to find my dog. The rescue efforts to find Gracie were significant. It seemed the entire town of Jackson Hole, Wyoming was on the lookout. And Lindsay was doing everything in her power to get Gracie to come out of hiding. Well, we hired a canine rescue dog, sprayed my pee everywhere, like with a megaphone. Kids on horseback were riding towards me. Are you looking for the gray pit bull? Yeah, we all know about her. We're all looking for her. Had a whole traffic jam on the way to this campground in the Elk Road High Side. It's stranded on the fire road. Russian couple made us tea. We had a beautiful view of the Tetons. (laughs) With a weekend and a sold-out clinic looming, Lindsay's friend volunteers to take the round trip to Grand Targhee Resort with the van and trailer so the rest of the all-ride team could prepare for a clinic. 
Another friend and a dog joined in on the return trip to Jackson. And as another day is coming to an end, Lindsay gets a much needed dose of hope. Well, she gets back into town at about four o'clock. And right as she rolls into town, my phone rings and it's an unknown number and I answer it. And she's, it's a woman who says, I don't want to get your hopes up, but I've seen the flyers for your dog and I saw your dog on Facebook and I was just running up uh, whatever the ski resort is, which is where the fireworks were going off, where we never thought she would go. And she said, and I heard a really weird bark in the woods, in the direction where there's no trail. And it was obvious and it was a dog in distress. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So she told me exactly what trail and exactly what, I mean, it was down to the second to last switchback to the top of this, of this trail. So I grabbed my pea spray bottle and my camelback and my, you know, bowl of dog food and my megaphone. I've got this whole arsenal of stuff and I'm yelling at my friends, everyone, all hands on deck. You know, they heard a bark. (laughs) And so I ride my bike up and it's like a 25 minute steep, rocky, switchbacky climb. And I'm huffing up here going, man, I just can't imagine her with her rickety legs climbing up this, especially in the direction of where the fireworks are. So anyway, I ride up, I get to the switchback and I just start meditating, just like all the animal. And I've talked to four animal whisperers at this point, And they all said the same thing, meditate, speak to her from your heart. So I sat at the top of this climb and I just, I called and called. And one of the ladies said, just listen, just sit there and listen. And you know, you don't know what to think. You're like this, these woods that she heard the bark in were steep and rustic and, you know, bushy. And there were trees down. What if she's hung up by her collar and she's calling for help? What if she's got a broken leg? Like those are the thoughts that pop in, right? Just like on a mountain bike. What if I break myself? What if I fall? And I would catch myself like, okay, you can't go there. You have to keep thinking positive. So I got to the top of this climb beyond where they had heard the bark to just go to the top. And a bunch of mountain bikers were up there. And again, they also suggested that I call another animal whisperer. And I called this woman at the top of this climb. I was outside and I told her, I'm just standing here and someone heard a bark and I just don't know what to do. And she said, okay. And it was funny because this woman said, oh, she is very pretty. She's very pretty. And then she said, um, yeah, then she said she had been chased, that she was trying to get back to me and she had been chased and scared back into the woods. So I needed to just meditate and tell her it was okay to come out. So the day is ending. I'm losing my hope again. The girls tell me I got to come back home to eat. And this is Friday night. My camp starts on Saturday. So I'm pretty hopeless at this point. I'm starting to think about what it's going to look like to leave and have to leave Jackson without my dog. And the lady suggests that I go to the camp to just welcome all the women and just tell them, I'm sorry, I can't be there just to get out of town for just a couple hours. So I drove to the camp and I got on the megaphone when all the ladies were gathered around and I just lost my shit. I was like, (laughs) I want to welcome you all, but I lost my dog and Jackson. (laughs) But I just wanted to tell you all that the reason I do this is because of the community of mountain bikers, you know? And I have seen firsthand, because of this instance, losing my dog, how many mountain bikers are out there supporting me. People I don't know who just know me through riding a bike have reposted this post, just like you said, a friend of a friend of a friend asking you, if you know anyone in Jackson Hole, this mountain biker lost her dog. It was all because I was a mountain biker. 
And I just wanted these women to hear it from me and see these tears streaming down my face that I have an entire world of people out there looking for my dog because of this mountain bike community. And that's really special. It made me feel so much less alone looking for my dog, having all of these strangers encouraging me and telling me not to give up. And that's all because I'm in a community of mountain bikers. So I said goodbye. I turned back around and I drove back to Jackson. And on my way to Jackson, this is now Saturday. My dog went missing on a Monday. I call my favorite animal communicator, the one who actually lives here in Bend, Oregon. This is, this is like my favorite part of this whole story, yeah. these animal, these animal yeah. whispers. Oh, me too. That's why the story is so incredible, because when you hear the ending, you're going to wonder. But I'm, I will grab anything. At this point, they are my therapists. <laughs> you know, they are making me feel when they tell me my dog is still alive, I believe them. And that's all I needed. So I call Michelle, the animal communicator from Bend, and she says, well, I have some bad news and I don't want to panic you, but I can't see through her eyes today. Uh, there's something going on. They're real foggy and she's moving a little slow, but she's definitely been moving a lot. And I can hear a creak. I can hear sound through her ears. I just can't see through her eyes. And I'm like, Jesus, what? Oh, okay. Whatever. Trying to believe it. Trying not to believe it. I don't know what to think, but I'm like, okay, a creak. I'll go with that. And where the bark was heard was about, I don't know, 900 feet above a creek. So that's my goal for Saturday, comb the creek. So I get two of my friends and we just start combing the creek. I've got my squeaky toy. I'm calling her. I'm asking her if she's hungry. I'm spraying my pee. I'm doing it all up and down this creek all day long until dark. It started to get dark. As I'm leaving this particular trailhead, there's all the horses that do the tours every night standing in their corral. And I'm a horse person. I grew up with horses and they're very spiritual, gentle giants, especially draft horses. And I was like, you know what? I haven't asked any animals for help. And I'm working with these animal communicators where we're channeling animals through our hearts. I'm going to give this a try. So I talked to the horses and I'm like, hey, guys, my dog is missing. I start crying a little bit. They all kind of perk up. And I tell them the story. She's scared. She thinks she's going to get attacked. If you guys could just tell her it's going to be okay. If anything, she'll believe you. You're a bunch of big draft horses. You can protect her. Just get her out of the woods and help her find someone. That's all I need from you. And that was it. We had this conversation. A few of them looked at me and I walked away and I was like, all right. Lindsay left the paddock and turned in for a final restless night in Jackson Hole. Tomorrow was Sunday. It had been almost a week since Gracie fled the van into the Jackson Hole wilderness, and Lindsay could not stay any longer to search. So I decided to go back to where I heard the bark, above the creek, above the horse corral. I rode my bike up there, and I did my little meditation for about an hour. It was like 7 in the morning, and just begged her to come out. Just said, if you're alive, you have to come out, because I have to leave. I can't stay here any longer, and you're going to be left here, so you have to come out. Nothing happened, so I rode to the top of the hill. I got to the very, very top of Snow King Mountain where the chairlift is unloading. And I couldn't really see out into the wilderness because I was socked in the trees. So at this point, I'm up on the chairlift deck looking out to the Tetons, and all I see is blackness. Big black clouds coming in really fast. Next thing I know, I'm hiding under the chairlift deck 
in the pouring rain, listening to the thunder that also scares my dog, and losing my shit. So I call my best friend, and I'm under the stack, and I give her a call, and she's been with me the whole time. She's been emailing animal communicators. like She's like, I, if we email 15 of them, one of them has to be right. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. It's starting to rain. It's cold. I'm done. Like, I'm done. And just as I'm saying I'm done, I get a phone call. I, my phone beeps. It beeps in my ear because I'm on the phone. And I pull the phone away from my face, and I see Jackson Hole, Wyoming, is all it says across the top. And I'm like, I got to call you back. I have an unknown number. So, you know, the phone's away from my face at this point, and I click to switch over to the next call. And as I'm pulling the phone to my head, I can hear in the background, it's okay, Gracie, you're okay, girl. And I just lost it. I was just like, oh my God, you have her, you have her. We have your girl, we have your girl. She's okay. Where did you find her? She was just standing outside the horse corral down by the draft horses. What? <laughs> you're yeah. real? Not kidding you. <laughs> wow. They said they left their run and they were leaving the trailhead and they looked over and saw the blue collar and said, that's the dog on the flyers. And she was sitting literally in front of the fence that the horses were behind, waiting for someone to find her. It was incredible. Yes, but I had the most epic 15 minute downhill ride of my life. Because I was on my bike. I was like, don't die, don't die, don't die. Oh, watch out, Rachel Atherton. I was totally channeling Rachel Atherton. You got this, you got this. And oh so, my god, that's amazing. It was amazing. I'm crying so hard right now, by the way. It was it was I had so many chills and I called my friend Hannah and she started crying and I got to the bottom and I called my friend Sarah who lived there and I'm like she they have her they have her and she got the number and she went because I had 20 minutes to get out of the freaking mountain I had to get off the mountain so Sarah went and picked her up and brought her to the trailhead so when I got to the bottom there was the car and oh my gosh I opened the car door and she was in the back and her eyes had scratches across the tops of her lids and they were swollen shut. Are you for real? So like the lady (laughs) (laughs) So dog whispering is real. Yep. She had scratches across her eyes. I have I have the photos. She had scratches across her eyes and they were full of like kind of bluish eye boogers and super swollen. She had scratches all over her face. Her chest was all raw. All her pads were raw. Her underbelly was completely torn up. She was eight pounds thinner, ribs sticking out. Her backbone was sticking out. Her hair was all matted. And she just dropped into my arms and took a big, deep breath and could barely move. It was crazy. She's the toughest little shit I know. (laughs) (laughs) One of those things like, oh my God, I'm so happy. Why did you do that? But I'm so happy. It was such, and it was just, and I knew right away, I looked up at the universe and I was just like, thank you. Thank you for not taking her. I get it. I get all the lessons you needed me to learn. I need to learn patience. I need to learn to control my thoughts. I need to learn not to freak out when something goes wrong. I felt this complete selfless feeling that week of just, I don't give a shit how tired I am, how hungry I am, or what's going on with me. I'm going to do whatever it takes to find this dog 
and to think the thoughts that serve both of us for a happy ending. And I also had to prepare to never see her again. And what would that look like? I mean, that's life. We can always prepare for the best, but the worst could happen. And it just became this crazy life lesson about the way we think and the way we treat ourselves and the way we treat loved ones. It was this really powerful six days that I honestly don't think would have been as powerful if I found her any earlier. Gracie is doing great. She quickly bounced back to her normal self after her ordeal. Her wounds have healed with a few scars left to tell her epic story of survival. And Lindsay's post on Facebook was shared tens of thousands of times over the course of the week that Gracie was missing. The community of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, wholeheartedly celebrated the return of the little gray dog to her grateful owner. I asked Lindsay when we might get a chance to catch up with Gracie now that she's back in action. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll see her in my van. She'll be in Bend. She'll come on the road. She'll, she'll come back to Jackson. We got to go parade her around town. <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of Rome Rides. We are looking forward to catching up with Gracie and Lindsay and the entire Live Ladies All Ride crew out on the road this summer. If you want to see photos of this brave gray dog, head to our show notes at romerides.com. There's links on how you can connect with Lindsay and get regular doses of the world's most adorable pit bull. Next time on Rome Rides, we are throwing a bit of a curveball your way with a first ever on the show. Um, my name is Kyle Warner, and I'm 24 years old. I'm a pro mountain bike racer from Northern California. Professional enduro racer Kyle Warner joins us as the first fella to be featured on the show. Kyle shares his story of struggling through a childhood full of poverty and adversity, and how his humility and determination to have fun led to becoming one of the most successful enduro racers in the U.S. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Ash Bocast. You've been listening to Rome Rides, wherever adventure takes us. Oh, and of course, get this. Oh, are you missing the gray pit bull? <laughs> yes, I'm missing the gray fucking pit bull, and you're still going to charge me $2.95. <laughs> so I'm just like, whatever, here's my money. <laughs> <laughs>